0: Welcome to the e commerce made simple podcast. I'm Jerome, your host, the CEO and founder of e commerce, the agency which helps brands grow on e commerce and specifically on Amazon. We are in our session about uh, strategic uh, topics around Amazon specifically and e commerce. We went through the audit with Compass, we went through okay, pricing strategies, and today we will be looking at okay, when you want to look in grow and scale your business. Finding the right partners and finding the right uh, people who can help you is really important because you have a lot of topics. Obviously, we help uh, brands on on a wide range of um, topics from uh, strategic, from handling accounts, from advertising, from VAT uh, registration and so on. However, you will maybe want to look at that on a broader scope and see what's the competitive landscape or uh, what you want to see in terms of support. I'm uh, hosting today uh, Christina Mertens from Sermondo, and Sermondo is a platform, they have listed a lot of uh, different suppliers around the Amazon topic, and they've vetted them, they've given, you have reviews, you can see which one are good, which one has uh, done a good job, and you can contact them. And Christina will help you find the real the right partner for you, depending on your size, depending on your budget, depending on what you want to achieve, which market you want to address. So today it's really about uh, for brands and, and sellers which are saying, okay, I want I would like to expand, but I, I see you have limitations or have issues with VAT, with logistics, um, with bookkeeping, with account management, with advertising, you name it sermondo will have a, an answer for you so here yeah, is really to understand how they can help you and maybe you will want to get in touch with sermondo to see how uh, this can help your business take uh, get to the uh, next level so enjoy the show and uh, have a great day are you ready
1: i am ready
0: well done um Great. So it's it's great to have you today, uh, Christina. I'm very excited. Um, it's been a long, long time. We 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 met face to face. We had a lot of meetings, virtual meetings, and we met face to face in in the old world, uh, when COVID didn't wasn't oh, it was only a Chinese uh, story. Uh, it was in Munich. It was really uh, great. I remember it was a Peruvian uh, restaurant, and uh, we 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 had been working with Sermondo. So it's great to meet. Uh, so now, it's only virtually, but uh, we'll meet soon again, hopefully <clears throat> in 2021 uh, face-to-face. So we, you know, this webinar starts with the fun facts. I don't know what will be your fun fact, but I'm I'm excited to hear it.
1: Okay, I'm not really good with the fun fact. So I just thought I'm going to say that I actually never wanted to start my own business or work for my own company i always thought that like a nine-to-five job is sort of nice so i sort of stumbled into this whole Sermondo thing (laughs) it was not really my plan so i would say that's one fun fact about me that i'm somewhere i never thought i'd be
0: yeah but in in some cases uh people who didn't want to have something are better than uh people who wanted it too much because in they are more genuine, so cool. That that's not very funny. I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> agree to that, but we'll, we'll work on the funny part afterwards. <laughs> Maybe you can you can share with us a bit of uh, about the mondo. What who is the mondo, and what what do you achieve, or what do you offer to uh, sellers on Amazon?
1: So. Brand. Cermundo is um, a global platform where we list Amazon service providers, so Amazon sellers of all sizes from any country selling in any Amazon marketplace can come to our platform to find service providers to work with. Um, yeah, there are two ways how they can do that. They can either scroll through the listing themselves or use our matching service that we launched this year, in the beginning of this year. So uh, sellers can simply tell us what they are looking for, um, what they uh, look for in a service provider, and yeah, then I will connect them with the best ones from our network.
0: Great. and. What do you think is the biggest benefit for 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 brands or for people wanting to sell uh, on Amazon uh, that you're providing? You mean
1: in general when working with service provider or using Sermondo? Sermondo, specifically
0: Sermondo, what's the biggest benefit?
1: I would say um that we're Amazon specialized is the main benefit and also that our service is so personal. So It's not like we're some random affiliate site where we just list 10 random agencies who will uh, pay us a commission when you click on the link. But we really try to understand the needs and the problems of each seller and then according to that, pick a good match for them. And from what we have seen, there's no other platform who's working like that.
0: Not to my knowledge. Also, it, it's it's strange that in the states there's no uh, similar uh, offering. Is, is there none at all in the U.S. or you mean Colin. like a, a Sermondo like uh, in the U.S. Because there's a it's abroad like Amazon is much more mature in the U.S. So I'm surprised there's not such a service in the U.S.
1: Yeah, um, we were surprised too. And actually, most of our users come from the US and also um, the major part from the service providers are located in the US, even though we are located in Germany. But uh, we think it's a great mix because we have the knowledge from the European marketplaces. We're locals here. But because we work so much with uh, US service providers and US sellers, we also get a lot of insights there that you wouldn't get any other way
0: okay and i'm interested uh like as an agency obviously we're part of this Sermondo uh filings is how do you select a different agency for different tasks it's like or do you would you address different different agencies you feel are in scope with a demand or how do you how do you go with that because i know i know you love especially uh, dearly so obviously you're uh, pushing us all the time uh, and you say we're the best but that's okay uh, but in general uh, it's, it's okay nobody's listening uh, what, what, what's what's the process normally uh, of uh, or how do you approach it so
1: one major advantage is that I know 95% of the founders or people who purchase the listing who are in charge um, that I'm personally in contact with them and that I spoke at least once or twice to them. So we don't have a computer-based algorithm just matching a service provider with a seller, but someone tells me like, yeah, I would love to have someone who is especially experienced in, um, with clients who sell on Amazon Spain, for example, And then I know, ah, okay, yeah, I I have this agency in mind, or I have this other service provider, 3PL, whatever, um, in mind who I know they're especially experienced in these fields. So due to the fact that I'm working really very closely with the service providers and that I have a lot of insights and that I know them so well, based on that, I select them. And obviously also um, when we have agencies, I also asked them like who are the clients you want to work with because we also have agencies who say okay sellers that don't make at least uh let's say 100k a month we don't want to work with which is obviously fine too everyone can like select their own clients Mm -hmm. but then obviously i won't refer client like smaller sellers beginner sellers to that agency because a the agency doesn't want this and b it would probably be too expensive for new sellers so Yeah, so all these factors come into play when I make that decision.
0: Okay, cool when like if we if we go out of the agency stuff and we go more on the on the seller side or on the brand Mm -hmm. sides or the people contacting you which uh, services you think makes make most sense to outsource or where do you think you've got the usual ones probably about advertising about different stuff so two questions is in one is one which are the most important ones you think or Uh, you see the the ones you would really uh, recommend to outsource and the second one is are there any ones which people don't think about where you're saying actually a lot of people don't think about outsourcing that but it makes a lot of sense so you've got two questions in one yeah
1: so um, first of all I want to say every service is super important obviously but obviously there are also some services where I think it's more important to hire them from the start or to outsource that from the start, um, which would include anything related to legal issues, because we have a lot of inquiries from sellers who come to us after they have screwed something up because they wanted to save money, not hiring a lawyer or a suspension expert, but instead try to get reinstated themselves, for example. And then it's for them, it costs much more and it's more difficult to get reinstated like afterwards instead of them having hired like a professional in the first place. So everything related to legal issues and accounting and bookkeeping. Um, Even if you're really great with numbers and you're really good at uh, bookkeeping and accounting, I would still say it's worth to outsource it. um, So you save a lot of time that you can like spend on other things that you might be better
0: at. And mm. yeah. and by ac- accounting and bookkeeping, do you mean specifically VAT or not only VAT? Uh,
1: not uh, not aspect? only VAT. Uh, uh, so obviously, when you expand as an. US seller to Europe, then please, please (laughs) hire a professional because uh, sales tax is not comparable to VAT. It's a whole different system and it's very hard to navigate through it. So leave that to a professional, but also if you're a local. So uh, let's take a German seller um, and he starts selling on Amazon. Then he should also like, um, yeah, make use of a professional service.
0: Okay. Is there a service where, for example, you saw, you you heard it and said, wow, that's something uh, is really important, but nobody's asking for it apart from the accounting side? Is there any, like, hidden gem in inside your catalog of, of vendors, let's say?
1: Um, yeah, let's take an example. In Europe, for example, um, we have a really strict packaging law that also differs from country to country. So there are uh eu-wide guidelines but there are also specific guidelines for each country and a lot of sellers are just not aware of this and um then have to pay high fines when they get caught because they didn't license their packaging so um yeah we also have service providers
0: for that well that yeah i can relate to that To to, no it's very nishi but uh we have some uh, big uh, customers who have uh, brands where, or we have like hygiene products or things like that. And the labeling is like for them to change your packaging, takes six months because they have to go through their own teams and regulations and so on. So it's true that a lot of, uh, or if you're doing nutriments, uh, how the legal facts you need to put on your packaging is very important. So that's, I think it's a, a great uh, learning and a great insight. Um, do you have any example, like a, a, a very good, a nice success story of of something which went really well or a big win that the company had? Or, and also a big loss of like a, a fail of someone outsourcing and with learnings in, in each case?
1: Um, so success stories, we basically see every day because we also keep in touch with the clients after we referred them to a service provider. So after a week, I follow up, say, hey, is everything okay?" And then after a couple of weeks, usually six weeks, I say, how is the corporation going? So everything from bringing down ACUS, um, improving profit margins. So I don't know, I don't have a specific one that is really special. But uh, I have a huge, <laughs> huge fail story for you, which is actually the founding story ah, of Sermondo. That's the ones we like. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, so Sermondo um, is Toby's. Toby is my business partner. Toby's in my uh, project. And Toby was an Amazon seller himself. And the reason he founded Sermondo was because he got screwed over by certain service providers a lot. Uh, one time from a quality inspection who said, yeah, yeah, your products are fine. But then uh, the authorities in Germany um, like test ordered it and saw that it doesn't meet certain requirements. So he had to pay a high fine and like remove all of his inventory. Um, or he hired a 3PL that said like, yeah, we'll, we are able to deliver within two days. And then it took them several weeks. He went out of stock, accelerating went down. Like, you know, the whole tail that's attached to making such a mistake. Um, and he got his recommendations in Facebook groups, um, which is something not to do. If you're looking for a service provider. Don't ask in Facebook groups because a lot of companies just recommend themselves or their employer or Mm -hmm. maybe it's a company of a friend, but not necessarily the best one. Um, Yeah, and then he thought, okay, why is there not a place where I can go to to find vetted, um, good Amazon experience service providers? And that's when he came up with the idea of Simondo. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you would say the learning is uh, don't like to avoid fails is don't make sure you ask in the in something which is vetted or, or validated so not a facebook group, like a, not an open group maybe uh it's like get a recommendation maybe from someone you trust so be it someone or, or someone who's used use it so basically that would be the learnings maybe maybe to avoid uh such issues and Like, I I assume that everybody on Sermodo has been vetted by yourself. So you've you've seen them in in action. Yeah. Um, So, okay. And also, Um,
1: uh, one thing I want to add, like even if you ask your best friend for a recommendation, and uh, let's say they recommend an agency to you, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are the right agency for you. If they sell in a whole other product category and the agency doesn't have any experience with that, then uh, your best friend might have the best experience of his life giving five stars. And um, maybe it's completely unsuitable for your project and um, it, it won't work out. So it's always good. If you get a recommendation, then you should still do your due diligence, ask certain questions before working with them, see how it feels if you feel understood um yeah that's like my most important tip for hiring service providers is don't rush into it only if you're like suspended and losing money every day then just reach out to us and say hey i'm suspended and then we'll put you in touch immediately but for everything else take your time like you don't have to hire an agency within 24 hours you know
0: Mm. and um about the, uh, how would you compare yourselves with Fiverr, for example? And how would you, what would be your advice uh, going looking at Fiverr or any other like um, Fiverr comes to my mind, but you've got other websites with freelancers. What would, what would you, what is that s- similar? Because there's a good way of rating Fiverr guys or uh, like freelancers. Their system is quite robust. What, how do you feel, you know? Between going to an agency, which is probably more expensive, and and a Fiverr guy with a lot of uh, five star ratings, for example?
1: Um, So, as I said before, what makes the service providers on our website different is that they're all Amazon specialized. And usually, because we have such a close, well connected network, we only put the like approach the best of the best, and also not everyone can be part of Sermondo. So when someone signs up, um, and it has been rumored that this person is a scammer, and I look into this and I will take the listing down, for example, which doesn't okay. really happen on Fiverr. Um, I personally think that Fiverr and Upwork are great places to get some jobs. Um, for example, if you want to have a transparent background for your photo, like smaller things. But uh, when it comes to building long term strategies, getting high quality photos and so on, I think you really need someone who takes the time to understand you and your product and, um, yeah, really cares about the project and not just gets paid like for a one time job, a flat fee, and then they rush into this and say, yeah, here's your result, bye.
0: Mm, okay, uh, makes sense. Um, one question about uh, you were talking about account suspension. So, account suspension is the most stressful thing you can have as a seller. Uh, That's the kind of thing where you, you start to sweat uh, because the outcome is a bit, uh, is never very clear, or you, you can't bet into how long it will take you to uh, get uh, unsuspended. Who who would you recommend when, when you have an account suspension? You can have many reasons, right? Typically, when someone comes in and in, in worried and say, okay, my account has been suspended, what's your process to decide who could should help and who? what kind of person do you recommend to help for account mm, suspension?
1: It depends on the reason for suspension. So, um, for example, we have one super... I, I won't name names because... You know, I have to be objective. But we have one agency that is really great with counterfeit claims and all IP-related issues. Um, we have another great agency that is um, is really, really good when it comes to a bad seller rating overall, so bad account health. And it depends on the location of the service provider. Um, so when someone's UK account, like you account, is suspended, then I will refer them to another agency, then. It, and U.S. seller, for example, and um, okay. yeah, that's basically how the process works.
0: Okay, and because you were talking about lawyers, or uh, so you would say that the, the lawyers are more maybe when it's about counterfeits, uh, and and then it would be an agency uh, in the other cases. Or what? Mm, I wouldn't generally say that. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't generally say that, and also most of the suspension services on our side are like law firms so they have different employees for different areas so some of them are really attorneys when it comes to uh, arbitration processes or um, litigation Mm -hmm. so going to court um, then they really have actual real lawyers for that but there are also suspension experts who are not lawyers but They know the um, TOS really, really, really well and are really great at um, writing appeal letters. So it really depends on the case. If it's only a reason um, that Amazon suspended you for that has no real legal implications, then it could also be a suspension expert who isn't a lawyer. um, And these are also usually cheaper to hire than law firms.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because our experience, of all the uh, like suspension are non-legal related. It's more about uh, they they were afraid that someone, they changed the name or there was a na- change in the legal name or something or in the main user or a document was wrong or some credit card was blocked or mm. they claim your, your link to another account. So it, from your experience, is it mostly uh, legal, non-legal? Uh, from what you see in terms of suspension, what other main reasons? Would you, would, would you, I
1: would say it's 50, 50. So okay. yeah, a lot of hijackers. So a lot of uh, people who, um, who have problems with hijackers in general. So people who jump on the listings and then sell counterfeit items. Um, then sometimes there's a firm where one deals with Amazon and the other ones deals with sending cease and desist letters to the person who is responsible for that and trying to take Mm. this person to court, which is uh, unfortunately often not possible because they sit somewhere in China, for example. Um, But yeah, I would say it's uh, it's 50-50. Sometimes it's just a lot of times it's because they changed their credit card details and then Amazon suspended them, like uh, just to be sure that no one has taken use of the account. So, yeah really 5050
0: okay interesting um, if I go down to or go back to uh, sellers trying to get uh, services is uh, do you have any KPIs or things which say okay what uh, what they what they should maybe consider before going to a service provider what kind of KPI maybe they should put in place or work working process do you have any tips or insights on that?
1: Um, So first of all, I want to say that we uh, publish or published guides on how to hire XYZ, so basically for every service provider, um, because sometimes the question you need uh, to ask yourself differ depending on who you're working with. But I would say there are like three or four main steps. So the first one is um, you have to be clear about what you want you can't just say like i want an agency or i want a consultant like what for you know so you have to be clear about uh, your situation what you want to achieve so um set yourself some 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 goals and um define what you need then um Go look for service providers that fit in that category. For example, if you want consulting, um, you could have like a freelance consultant, a consulting firm, a full service agency. They all have their pros and cons, as I said, um, all described in in our blogs. Um, But ask yourself, okay, who am I most comfortable working with? Like uh, a single person or like a firm? Um, Then interview them, face like, face to face, what I mean with face to face is uh, not only on the phone, but if possible with video, because I always like I'm convinced of that, that when you have an initial talk with someone and you see them and you get like the vibes, would you work well together? Do you feel comfortable around the other person? Um, Yeah. And then ask them questions in a video interview. And obviously also these questions uh, differ a bit depending on who you're hiring. But um, yeah, the most important ones are since when are you around? Um, How did you get your experience with Amazon? Have you been an Amazon seller yourself? How many employees do you have? What's your pricing structure? Like really the basics. Um, And then when you dive deeper into a certain category, for example, um, let's say product photography, like can you show me examples of your work? Or if you have a PPC agency, can you show me screenshots of ex-clients and so on. So you get a certain um, proof. And uh, yeah, the last part is, as I said, don't rush into things. If possible, talk to one or two or three service providers, not more, because then you get like overwhelmed. Um, But get like one or two recommendations, talk to both of them, and then just go with your gut feeling and not always for the cheaper option. Don't always think the more expensive one is um, automatically the better one. Sometimes it's just because where they're located, how the prices differ. But yeah, just see who you're comfortable with. Um, if their expertise matches the project you, um, you want to pursue, and yeah, then go for it. And never, ever forget to set up a service contract. And uh, if there are any things that you want uh, don't want anyone to know, also get them sign
0: an NDA. Mm. India, yeah. And would you say that there is, or how do you approach the differences between uh, Europe in terms of service providers, or is, are there differences in how the knowledge in certain countries are, or is there some specific countries which is where a lot of good service providers are in, or uh, things like that? Uh, how so the, did, like this? Europe, Europe is 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 wide and different, right? And and the like, Amazon, Spain is very different than Amazon Germany. Do you have like specificities of of the different countries, also for the service providers, or is that a stupid question?
1: So the best agencies be. obviously are located in Luxembourg. <laughs> no, uh, but okay.
0: um, uh, t- this um, one is ticked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, in every country where an Amazon marketplace is available, which now should be seven with Sweden, right? Yeah. Um, There are also great agencies in each country. Um, One thing to consider is um, we get a lot of inquiries from US sellers who want to expand to Europe. And then they say, yeah, I want to start with Amazon Germany. Can you recommend a German agency for me? Um, Then I would never just introduce them to a German agency, but ask, have you thought a step further? So do you really only want to sell on Amazon Germany or would you also like to sell on all the uh, all the other European marketplaces? Because then it would make more sense to find an agency that is specialized in all European marketplaces. Um, not trying to promote you too much here, but example, for example, you guys. So when someone comes to me and says, okay, I really want to be the best in all uh, Amazon marketplaces in Europe, then I say, okay, I know e-commerce is uh, experienced in all marketplaces, but mm. when someone says, okay, I really, I only want to sell uh, on Amazon Germany um, and I want to have a German-based provider, then I say, okay, that's fine. Then we'll take a specialist yeah. German agency.
0: And maybe my feeling that this we, we know a lot of agencies which are great guys uh, in france and the uk and germany that's where i would say most of the agencies are from well, at least in our network um I, I get the feeling that a lot of agencies are really uh, local focused in, in a sense like uh, german agencies are very german uk are quite british and the french one are very french and that there's not a lot of agencies which i've got this pan european kind of positioning would you agree with that or?
1: Um, yeah, from I, I, I can agree with that. Like from my experience, there are certain agencies that claim to be experts in all marketplaces, but you know that like 99% of their clients are only selling on yeah. that one marketplace that they're themselves located in. And uh, they just say that they also do the other ones, but they might not be the most experienced in that. We don't have that... Many top-notch agencies who can deal with all uh, European marketplaces Mm. on the same level.
0: Yeah, it has some challenges because of the languages, obviously. Yeah. Um, In in terms of south of Europe, do you have uh, some agencies which are based in like Spain or Italy? Because these are smaller uh, Amazon-like markets or e-commerce markets. Um, Do you have there also some agencies? Because I know some consultants there, but I don't. We don't know many agencies there. Are they? We, did you find have, any?
1: Or I think we have one agency in Spain, but none in Italy because um, there's just no demand. I never got uh, like in all those two years of someone, I never got one inquiry for an Italian agency because Italy is more one of those marketplaces um, that sellers Also, selling when they go to Europe, but it's not like the first country to target. Usually, they start with like UK or Germany, and then they say, okay, let's also do Spain, Italy, France, uh, Netherlands Mm -hmm. now, Sweden. So that it's more like it comes later. So, yeah, but if there's any demand, um, and this is also something that I'm sort of proud of. if there's demand for something and we don't have it yet in our network, then I reach out. um, Yeah. You know, my LinkedIn post, for example, then I reach out to our network, like, Hey, does anyone know someone who's uh, running an Italian based Amazon agency? And then I get recommendations from people who already know they're good and what they're doing. So I already trust the recommendations and then reach out to them, vet them, and then I will make them part of our network. So yeah, if anyone's looking for an Italian-based agency, you can also reach out. I will take care of that. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm looking for an Italian agency. <laughs> no, joking. Um, <laughs> if uh, So now is the time where if people have questions, uh, do feel free to ask questions. I'll troll along with my own questions, but we, we're really happy to get some interactions with you guys, so feel free to reach out to uh, both of us. Um, I was thinking a bit about um, like future, uh, looking into future. What do you think, do you have any ideas or any I- insights of what kind of services will be needed in the future or how some, uh, that's the first question, the second question is some uh, like Advertising for me, I feel will will change with a lot of automation I- involved and much more like uh, yeah, IT tools, uh, for example. Do you have other insights about, about the future a bit?
1: Mm, so what we see is an immense increase in the demand for virtual assistants. So um, I think people trust working with virtual assistants more and more. Um, like some time back there was a little bit of hesitation from the sides of the sellers because most virtual assistants are like classically they're based in the Philippines and too many sellers were scared of being ripped off or getting their data stolen. But now you have so many great uh, platforms like, I don't know, VAA Philippines, FreeUp um, that really vet and train the virtual assistants. So people start to trust them more. So the demand really goes up because they can relieve you of many, many day-to-day tasks. So this is something that goes up. And um, yeah, traffic for seller tools always because uh, it's just not possible without them. But I'm not really a techie myself, so I can give you any insights in which suits or features are developed at the moment.
0: I don't know. And would you would you trust uh, like the VAs or would you? What would be your uh, take on uh, okay, uh, VAs versus agency, for example? Um, so a VA is
1: way cheaper, obviously, because also the cost of living in the Philippines are much lower. Um, we also we only have a handful of our own VAs. That we know have worked with people that we have worked with so we know they do a good job but it's really hard to vet them so it would always turn to a professional platform as i said vaa or expert va free up there like popping out of the Mm. ground like trees uh those platforms um but usually an agency or consultant is more invested in your project a va usually has a lot of different projects. It's not that common to hire a VA full time. And it's really hard to track what they're doing. There are certain tools, for example, that make screenshots automatically um, from their laptop. So you can see that they're only working on your project. But I don't know, maybe they have a second laptop or you can never really track what they're doing. So
0: in and, that sense,
1: it, it yeah. you might feel more comfortable working working with an agencies and VAs are usually only suitable. Like, I don't want to say only, but in many cases are suitable for like um, lower skill tasks or day to so day tasks. Operational, yeah, yeah.
0: And what kind of uh, costs uh, like like average huh? uh, of uh, a VA today, like a monthly cost? generally, where do they lay?
1: It's really hard to say. There are so many different payment structures. So you um, either say, okay, you have a flat fee or you pay them by the hour. And from the hour, it ranges everything from $2 up to $100 an hour, $100 for a top trained, well-experienced VA. But really, depending on the scope of your project, how many hours they work on it. um, Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I don't know. I can I can really give a number. Too many factors involved.
0: Oh, that I was waiting for like a <laughs> some nice uh, information. Um, the last question before I jump into the question from the crowd is my my concern always when I hear about VAs is is the scalability of it because each VA is a challenge by itself because you need to train him or her you need to make sure he's delivering he's so if you get one great from a v agency you don't know the second one will be good uh, or the third one it's like how do you approach this idea of scalability because for us it's our services obviously we, we uh, more clients we have the more people we need to have and having employees you train them you keep them it's it's a different approach with vas how do you how do you see that with scalability
1: Um, I know how one of our service providers does it, Um, so it's also a VA platform. So they give you one, it's like your main VA um, that you teach and train, and they really deep dive into your project, and usually they work like 30 hours a week for you or sometimes even more. And then if you need additional ones, your main VA will train the other VAs like beneath them, um, so this is something that you don't really have to do. And also your main VA can yeah. track what the VAs below are doing. You can also like fix it in the payment structure. You can say, okay, if the, the, let's say the normal VAs screw up, then your main VA will also get like punished by being paid less. So they also have an incentive to um, keep the VAs on the lower level, like doing a good job. So this is one way to, weigh, uh, to work around that. But yeah, it's really hard if you have a team and you don't have a VA team leader, then uh, it can happen that it's more work to track what the VAs are doing than just doing the you tasks yourself, it. which is something you should try to
0: prevent. Okay, um, good insight. So the uh, first question I have here is, are end clients paying through Sermondo to service providers or are service providers uh, like invoicing directly to? Customers? The
1: service providers are invoicing directly to the clients. So first of all, using Sermondo is completely free of charge for um, all sellers looking for service providers. Um, we are not like a marketplace because we don't really believe in flat fees. So we don't believe in putting a price take on the service package, for example. We think this is something that should be negotiated individually. So we mainly dare to establish the contact. Um, so let's say I refer a seller to Ecomast, um, then I won't have a say in what you're charging the client, but the client uh, talks about his project. Uh, you present your approach. You two have the call and depending on the scope of the project, what services have to be performed and so on, you will make an offer. And if the seller doesn't like it, they can come to us again and say, hey, they're too expensive. Mm. But usually we're pretty good with uh, matching the budget with the pricing of the
0: service providers. Okay. Um, Another question uh, we're getting is, do you have in mind any other European e-retailers that you'd recommend a brand to focus on once they've established a good presence on Amazon. Can you? So can I like, see the
1: question anywhere.
0: It's in the Q and A. I can't click on that somehow.
1: Okay, can you? Okay,
0: you 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 haven't been good. So the question basically, I can mm. I can translate it into proper English. Um, <laughs> no, you can also uh, just repeat it. English. English.
1: It's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. The question is basically comp- other marketplaces. Like, once people is, someone is established on Amazon, uh, would you recommend like which marketplace would you recommend to go to uh, after Am- once Amazon is on on the control? Let's say
1: um, that really depends on which country you're selling in. in, um, in the Netherlands, for example, it's ball.com the the biggest online marketplace there in Germany eBay is pretty big and real uh, and other countries it's uh, Rakuten Rakuten do I pronounce that correctly so yeah it really really depends on the country and if people want to um, grow their business beyond Amazon they can also reach out to us because we have a lot of um, service providers who have like a multi-channel approach and also serve uh, other marketplaces like walmart for example is also pretty big in the us
0: yes obviously uh and uh yeah you don't have like uh, from your experience people who are going to if you were looking at the pan-european one uh you don't have a, like a recommendation of which ones you would go first to or which ones are the easiest to work with or or for, or. all success stories of specifically going on other, expanding onto other marketplaces, specifically in Europe? Like The US is quite, Walmart is an easy one.
1: I know a lot of success stories from Amazon sellers also selling on eBay, um, but I mainly know those stories because I'm based in Germany myself and uh, eBay is pretty popular here. Um, I would have to guess if I'm talking about the other countries uh, I'd rather be honest and
0: say, I don't know. I no, would, no, I would
1: chat with an expert.
0: <laughs> I, we like honesty um, and talk if we, if we drill down on the eBay uh, thing is, do you know if the people which are going on eBay are using Amazon logistics uh to deliver ebay orders or are they using a, a different uh logistics route uh, i'm also no, part it's a very of
1: specific some, question. some yeah. i'm also part of some ebay seller groups and i know that some are using the amazon logistics network um but a lot of them also fulfill themselves like or let their 3pl exactly. fulfill yeah. their orders
0: Okay. Uh, and in, in your listings, do you have uh, also 3PL, which are prime eligible uh, in Europe? Yes. Okay. In, in in all countries or only in specific countries? Because I know that's, that's sometimes difficult to uh find.
1: We have one in Germany, two in Germany, and in the UK, we also have one or two, but I don't know either.